You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 141. Bitches. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Carly. Welcome back to Hey Bitches Podcast. Hope you guys are having an incredible day. Hope you guys have been enjoying the new season situation of Hey Bitches. It's been good so far. I guess it's only been one episode, but I hope you guys are enjoying. It's been a lot less stressful on me, and uh, I hope you guys like it. That being said, if you follow me on Instagram, you guys know that I recently just was living in LA for like a month, and I am here to give you a recap, a life update, a dating update, all of the above rolled into one in today's episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay. So like I said in the intro, I just came home from spending a month in LA. Actually, the day I'm recording this, I've only been home for a week. So it is fresh. I have been home for not that long and I literally was in LA for four straight freaking weeks. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, before that I've been all over the place, like quarter one, like Q1 for me was so, 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 so busy in terms of travel. I went to Nashville. I got COVID. I literally was stuck in Tennessee for three weeks. I came home for two days. I went to LA. I came home. I went to LA again. And uh, it's just been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. And then I was home for a week after my most, not my most recent now, but the one before that. And then I went back to LA. (laughs) It was just, I've been traveling. I have been a girl on a plane. (laughs) But this time I went to LA to spend the month in an influencer house. And obviously I feel like all of us are very familiar with the idea of the influencer house, especially because, you know, the hype house show just came out and there was the whole rise of uh, influencer houses. And I think that like some of them are done right and uh, most of them are done wrong. But this was like less of like a, hey, let me get all of my friends together. It was more of like a, I actually, my agency connected a bunch of other influencers who wanted to spend time in LA all together in one house. And that's how it was. There was also only three of us. It's not like it was like 18 people living in like a $50 million house, like most of the influencer houses, but that is kind of like the vibe that it was. And I loved it. I had a, I had a lot of fun. Now, giving you the life update side, you guys know that I've been talking about moving to LA and immigration and all of that since like 2019. That's really what like started my TikTok. I've talked about it on YouTube, on the podcast. I literally think our last life update, I talked about moving to LA and gave you all the tea on that. And listen, we keep talking about it because I just keep going. <laughs> but I know because I've been talking about for so long, I know that I eventually want to end up spending more time in LA. It's just like inevitable. I love it there. I grew up like going back and forth from there. I love LA, especially too, because I've just been going so, so, so much more lately. And I think that actually really like lends a reason as to why I went and why I went for the whole month. So something that I've never actually done is stayed there for more than like two weeks. (laughs) I've never stayed in LA for more than two weeks. And I really wanted to experience a longer timeline there. Now that also too, like I'm a full-time influencer versus like trying to get my career off of the ground. Because in 2019, when I was in LA, I still was like, I actually just lost my job, but I was still in university. Like I had, I was working like a normal job. Like I was still doing like regular life. I wasn't a full-time influencer yet. None of that. So that was the last time I was there like pre-pandemic. And then I went back in 2021, October, 2021. I went for 10 days with my managers. It was great. It was an amazing trip. There was drama. I mean, if you listen to the the update, the He Said Men Ain't Shit episode with Andrew and Michael, you guys know all of the tea and all of the drama that happened with the other LA man um, out there. So if you want to listen to it, you should. It's fucking juicy. It's... 
<laughs> it's traumatic. I'm not going to lie. That whole situation was traumatic. But anyway, that was like my first time post pandemic. I say that in air quotes being back in LA since 2019. And I was like, Ugh, I love it here. I went back for like some work events. I went to the revolve party. I went to the YouTube black history month party. And this time I was like, okay, I want to go not necessarily because I have things like, like parties and events to go to. I want to go so I can experience what it's like to like basically live in the epicenter of entertainment as like a person who is in entertainment. And I had a really great time. You know, my first week in LA was fucking packed. Okay. It was filled with events, like a bunch of them. I went to my very first influencer gifting suite in LA (laughs) and it was so crazy. So if you're unfamiliar with the concept of like an influencer gifting suite, I've gone to like pseudo gifting suites before, like in Canada, but this one was insane. And so you show up, it's at this house or like this event space or like whatever. It's a house in my situation. Show up at this house, which is converted into an office event space. And the entire place is just filled with like clothes and products and shelves of things. And like, there's people from all the brands there. And it essentially is like a networking opportunity where the brands and the influencers can meet each other. And then also you can like get products. And it was so interesting. It was so cool. I literally left with so many things. It was shocking to me. Like I literally walked in, was met by a person and I went down like this whole like line of shelves and there were like shelves with like three different like tiers to them, but were like the, the cubby versions, like picture like an Ikea Calyx, you know what I mean? Like the, the traditional six cubby type of thing, walls of them. Okay. Every single cubby is a different brand or like, you know, four of the cubbies are a different brand and they all have different products. They would literally walk you down the line and they'd be like, okay, like you can choose like two products from this, this shelf and two products from this shelf and one from here. And da, 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 da. I literally ended up leaving LA with a brand new like T3 curling iron. It was insane. I got like a whole new skincare regime. I, it was just, it was crazy. Like, like I said, I've been to influencer gifting suites before, but the LA is like on another level. <laughs> it's on another level. They had like hairstylists there, all this stuff. I was like, this is crazy. Lulu's was there, like the clothing company. They were like, hey, like da, da, da. I left with like a bunch of Lulu's stuff. And then they were like, hey, anything that you like, if we don't have the size on site, we'll just just send it to you. And I was like, what is happening? So they ended up actually sending me things to the apartment that I lived in in LA. And I met so many cool people. There was like drink sponsors and there was all these, it was so crazy. They also did like facials and it was very, I feel like quintessential LA influencer event. And I had a great time because like I've never experienced something like that. And it was so, 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 so freaking fun. I had a great time. Something that I also thought was crazy is that basically every influencer event that I went to ended up having some type of like facial component to it. Like I went to, obviously I went to two skincare events. So that does make sense that they give you like a facial when you're there. But even at this like influencer gifting suite thing, they had like a facialist like skincare company on site. It was like one of the companies that was gifting influencers also brought in like estheticians. (laughs) I was like, what is going on? But it was great. Okay. I had the best skin of my life in LA. It was glowing. I literally like touched down and got like three facials in a week and a half. I was thriving. I was glowing. The LA sun was hitting me correctly, me and my sunscreen correctly. It was honestly a great time. It was a great time. The events just in general, I went to things like the Derby. I went to a bunch of other just like cool parties and events, like hung out with my friends. That part was so, so, so amazing. And it also too is like, it 
ties into the other big reason that I did go to LA, which was to network and to meet other people. This is something I've actually been talking to my management a lot about lately. And it is about how like, I have like a pretty established career in Canada. Like I have good contacts and connections. I obviously grew up here. I live here. Like, you know, I'm a Canadian girl. And so having those connections and stuff is super beneficial, obviously to me and my career, but it's only if I'm in Canada. Now, that being said, there are a lot of companies and brands that have US arms, but like obviously I've never worked with them or met them or interacted with them because I live in Canada like 99% of the time. And so one of the big reasons that I wanted to go to LA was to meet people in America so I can have those like reciprocal types of connections in America because I would honestly love to have the opportunity to like only be there part-time and be in Edmonton part-time and we will, I, I saved this for the end to talk about my LA life update. So just, just know that it's coming, but I would love to like split my time and do all those things. So one of the biggest goals of this trip was really to network. And I really felt like I did that. I have so many friends out there who work in so many cool industries, who know so many cool people, something that's actually like very cool about LA, which I don't really think you find in any other city. It's just how like accessible people are and how like easy it is to just run into people. Like I literally went to a concert in LA, not this month that I spent there, but the week before I came to spend for the month. Um, and it was a Mark Basie concert. And I literally went out on the Thursday that I landed in LA and he, Mark Basie was at the freaking club I was at. And then my two friends who are also from the Bay. So this does make sense. Cause like Mark Basie is also from the Bay. Anyways, he was like, oh my God, hey, like guys, da, da, da. I was like, wait, I literally just saw you in concert last week. And like, it was just like, what? It's just so easy to run into people. Like at that same club, I met like Ross Lynch and like Jesse from Little Mix and like all these other people. And this, that's what I love about LA. It's so easy to just like roll up and like not know what's going to happen. I went to the fucking Derby and I met Lauren Gray. Like that is like what I loved about LA. And like a big reason why I wanted to go was just to like network and meet people and put myself out there because you can slide into DMs and you can like comment and you can have really good relationships with people online. But having those actual chances to connect in person, I think are so much more important than you just having those like DM connection type of things. Because also too, I feel as though I'm a great in-person person. Like I have good energy. I have good like rapport and chit chat. And like, I can really feel out a situation. It's harder to do that in the DMs, especially too, if you're trying to connect with like people who do have larger followings than you. And this is not me saying that I specifically did that or like targeted that or like sought that out, but it is a little bit more difficult when you're trying to make genuine connections and there's like that type of imbalance because then uh, you like the other person probably is questioning like, oh, do they want to be friends with me because they like want my connections or they want my clout or the X, Y, Z. But when you're meeting organically at the same event or like same like party that both of you have been invited to, you kind of meet on an even playing field. And so I loved every single second of doing that. I met so, so, so many cool people. It was so much fun. I met cool industry people. I met cool influencer people, other people who are like in the business, but are not like influencers. I had an amazing time. And that was really like one of my biggest goals about being in LA. And I really think that I accomplished it. And that my friends is why I went to LA. That's why I spent the month in LA. Now y'all know me. (laughs) 
I can't go anywhere without anything dramatic happening or me getting up to any type of trouble or anything fucking popping off. So of course, I have some other updates for you. You might have noticed in the title, we're talking about breakups. Now, don't don't be shocked. I didn't have a secret boyfriend. I wasn't soft launching anybody in the timeline. Like I'm not I'm not going through a breakup. However, literally in the month of April, five people I know all went through breakups. Five people I know, all like close to me too, all went through breakups. I was like, what is in the fucking air? What is going on? But listen, (laughs) I literally sat through a breakup a week, essentially, in LA with all of my friends. The last week of April, two people I knew broke up and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And so that obviously lends a lot of um, chaos to the house and my life and all of that while I was in LA. It was, it was crazy. Honestly, some of the breakups were fucking dramatic as hell. Like the drama was off the charts. Some of them were like chill, mutual, like we need to split vibes. Some of them were actually very sad. And I'm like, I'm very sad for those people who went through that like breakup. And then, you know, some of them were just like, eh, I guess I already kind of talked about that. Some of them were just like main, just like, hey, it's not working, like type of of breakups, but they all happened. And it was so crazy because like we would go out and we'd have a great time. And then the next day, like my friends would be like, oh, I broke up with my boyfriend or like me and my girlfriend broke up or like blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Like what is in the air? And I do really feel like because we're finally going back to like, quote unquote, quote, normal life, like AKA we're outside type of life. It's heating up. It's about to be like hot girl summer, fuck boy summer, we outside type of vibes subconsciously. I think that that actually caused a lot of these breakups. Now this is literally just me psychoanalyzing all of my friends. I know the reasons why these people broke up, obviously, but I do feel like I've just experienced the playing field of breakups a lot lately, like five personally in my life, but also like lots of other people, like social media couples or like just like people around me like acquaintances or friends of friends are also like going through breakups or on the flip side that the the fuck boys are rising out of the ashes and they are popping back into our lives and I literally think it's because it's like the fucking melting season it's the defrost season I literally have been calling it the great defrost because I feel like it is the great defrost because not only yeah we were melting season but it's the great defrost because we're finally going back into like a normal quote-unquote quote, summertime, like we have experienced in the past. So the past two summers, kind of a write-off. This one feels like the first normal summer. And I think that subconsciously, a lot of these people who are going through these breakups, I don't, and like I said, it's psychoanalyzing people, but I think that subconsciously, a lot of the people who are going through these breakups, they know that. They know it's about to be a pop-off summer. And maybe some of them just don't want relationships because they want to pop off. And like I said, nobody said this to me explicitly. Nobody also too has even expressed that, but I do feel it in the air almost. I don't know what it is, but I feel like even too, when I'm talking to other people, they're like, oh yeah, it's because like, it's about to be summer and it's, you know, breakup season It's no longer cuffing season. It's single for the summer. It's the we outside. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Now that being said, it definitely is the great defrost for me as well, because ever since coming back to Canada, I have been on a fucking like psychotic tear of toxicity. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like, I just feel the need to pop the fuck off. And I haven't actually done anything super toxic, but it's been brewing in my head that like this summer is going to be just like a disgustingly hot girl summer. I just know it. And so something that actually happened is... 
I was minding my business. <laughs> this is funny because I was literally talking to one of my other friends today about how she like accidentally had sex with her ex. Um, and in her voice note, she was like, I was just sitting there minding my business. I was like, you are exactly like me because whenever I say that, I know I am not minding my motherfucking business, but I'm sitting here minding my own goddamn business back in Canada. It's been like four days and I get a hinge notification. <laughs> and if you've listened to the episode from last year about my close friends roster and like, or I guess my, my close friends summer roster where essentially I ranked and gave player numbers to a bunch of people that I was like sleeping with over the summer. I literally dead ass my Tinder bio was hit me up if you want to be on the summer roster. I made men fill out Google Forms. I made men pitch themselves to me. I did all of the things, okay? And the reason that I say that I'm also part of the great defrost, I feel like, is because I get a hinge notification and it's from someone who wasn't exactly explicitly on the roster, but does possess the specific roster emoji in my phone. And he was like, hey, are you still killing the game? And I was like, this is hilarious because the highlight bubbles on my Instagram, on my close friends, all of them were called the game. <laughs> Because I think it's funny because if you guys actually don't know this, there's like a book out there that's like all about like how to like pick up women. It's like a pickup artist man book and it's called The Game. And it's like the reciprocal title of like Why Men Love Bitches. So it's like, you know why Why Men Love Bitches is all about like how to attract men. The game is all about how to attract women. But I was like, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm gonna flip it on its head. So I literally called it The Game and I, I put the players into place. And so he messages me. And he's like, hey, um, are you still killing the game? I was like, come on. Like, of course I am. And he's like, uh, I would expect nothing less. Only to then find out he now lives like four streets away from me. <laughs> like toxic. Four streets away from me. And he was like, hey, have you ever had a hookup where like someone just like eats you out and doesn't expect anything in return? And I was like, oh my God, no. Do you want to be my first? And he was like, yes, absolutely. So now um, we are plunging expeditiously back into chaotic roster hot girl summer and I am so fucking excited for it and here's the thing too this is my last pageant before I go back into my LA recap but I feel like my last two years I really was like yeah I'm gonna be wild but like I secretly want a relationship this year I think has changed it for me dramatically I think I'm finally over the hump of being like single but wanting to be in a relationship and being single and wanting to live my life and not be in a relationship. Like literally when I was in LA, all of my like roommates were like, I've never seen somebody pull as much as you. Like, how are you not like in love with these people? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, I don't date. I don't want to date. I don't date. And I think I've just been saying that to myself so much that it's like reaffirmed it to me. Like my reality is like right now I don't date. And it's been a very interesting dichotomy because I'm not interested in relationships right now, but like suddenly every Everybody's trying to lock me down. Everybody's trying to take me on dates. Everybody's trying to be like, oh, I remember I literally sent this man my Instagram. And I was like, oh yeah, it's your girl, Carly. He was like, oh my God, can't wait to change that to my girl. I was like, please leave me alone. <laughs> please leave me alone. And I, you know, it's just been, it's been a while in time already. And it's only freaking May. The, like the real sun hasn't even come out. The real, the frost hasn't even happened. But I do feel like circling back to the breakups and the point of this like side tangent is that a lot of these breakups did come from also the fact that it's almost summer. The people want to be fucking outside doing whatever they want. And you know, so do I. <laughs> okay. Now speaking of like doing whatever they want, being outside, fucking all of that. Let me, let me tell you about the LA hookup tea. Okay. Let me tell you the LA hookup tea. My first night, my first week, I should say in LA, I had sex basically every single night. <laughs> 
I wish that was an exaggeration. Actually, I don't really, but it's not. (laughs) I basically had sex every single night. Here's the thing though. I actually have a very healthy LA roster because I've been going so much like from October until now, basically I've gone like every single month and you know, you meet people, you vibe with people, you hook up, you continue to like talk all that. And it's fine. Like, you know, these people know I don't live in LA. I, I don't, I'm not a permanent fixture there. I don't have a fucking like permanent address. I don't have a green card, none of that stuff. I just pop up, live my life and then I go home. And so I did hit up the roster, my LA roster while I was there. And I basically had sex every single fucking night and it was chaotic, (laughs) but I had a great time. And you know, the sex from all of them was a vibe. Every single hookup that I had in LA was very, very good. And I'm very grateful for that because I did actually, I didn't even put this in my podcast notes. I, this is coming back to me right now. I realized I had a sexless hookup in LA and you might be like, wait, what? Like what, what? Here's the thing. So I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. There's like this one guy that I talked to that I've known for like years and years and years and years, like probably since I was probably like 10 years now. Um, but he's like religious and he's very much like save myself for marriage, but I'll like still do other things. And so we've talked about it before here and there about like his like type of hookup situation. And he's like, well, yeah, like I all eat, I eat pussy. Like I do all these things and like, she'll suck my dick, but like, we don't have sex. And I'm like, um, okay. And I think that's just because for me personally, I'm the type of person, like I've talked about this in the podcast so much, but I'm like a penetrative, uh, orgasm person. I like come from sex. And so when people are just like, oh, like I'll just eat you out and like do these things. I'm like, I don't really know if that's it for me because I, you know, like penetrative sex, but I did have a hookup in LA where we like essentially like just dry humped the entire time. Um, uh, and it was very, very good. He was very much like, obviously this man's fingers were inside me like basically the whole time, but we didn't have sex. Like we were making out, we were doing all the things, but we, there was no actual penetration, but it was fine because like clearly he had done this before. This is like his thing. I should also state that he said that to me before he even came over. He was like, just by the way, like I don't actually like, you know, I only like to have sex with people that I'm dating. And I was like, hey, you know what? No, no worries. I respect that. Um, But like, what does that mean? And so we kind of talked about it and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds cool. That's fine. And so I knew, we both knew <laughs> what it was going to be like. It's not like he showed up and he was like, oh no, sorry, I don't have sex. You know what I mean? So I knew going in that we weren't going to have sex, but it was actually really good. And he did such wonders for my motherfucking ego. This man literally asked me if I bought my body. I was like, (laughs) my ego is going to explode. You can't do this. It was so good. It was actually a lot of fun. The the non-sex hookup was a lot of fun. He was cool. He was great for my ego. And I definitely came in like a few times. So like shout out to that man. But going back. going back. Um, one of my other hookups, I hooked up with this guy who I met back in October, or I guess I like started talking to back in October when I also met original LA man who ruined my life. But I met this other guy and he started dating somebody else when I was there and whatnot. And that's why we obviously never hung out, but we've kept in touch over the months. Like we sexed back and forth. He broke up with his girlfriend, obviously we sexed back and forth, all this stuff. And, uh, I was like, okay, I've missed him basically every single other time that I've been in LA, but I'm here for a month now. So I'm sure we'll meet up. We eventually do. And bitch, (laughs) let me tell you, that sex was fucking amazing. It was amazing. I was honestly not expecting it, but it was so 
so good. And here's the thing. I feel like I need to do a whole episode on orgasm encouragement because the way, ugh, the way, okay, I was riding this man and all, honestly, I think I've said this in the podcast before. I'm not a really like be on top type of person. I think I've been better at it lately. I actually have never gotten a bad review. I just think in my head, I'm not like fantastic, but this specific hookup was so fucking good. I was on top living my best life. Like I was having, I was having orgasms, but Something I swear to God I need to talk about on this podcast is orgasm encouragement because this man like would recognize when I was like getting close and he'd be like, oh my God, yes. Like (laughs) he'd be like, oh my God, yeah, come for me, do all these things. And I feel like sometimes like when guys are like, oh my God, come for me, it's like very not well-timed and also like gross. And you know, like they could literally like just put their dick inside you and they're like, oh my God, are you going to come for me? And you're like, bitch, like, no, I'm not. But he had like really good like timing. Like he could, I guess, really recognize the signs or whatever. And it made it so hot. Like the orgasm encouragement made it so hot and also a lot easier to come. And I feel like the latter like example that I just gave is that when men like say it too early or like too out of pocket or, you know, you like have not made a single noise and they're like, oh my God, yeah, you like that. You're going to come for me. Like it just like, it makes it harder to come because you're like, oh, now this man thinks he's like killing my shit, but he's not anywhere close. And now he's saying these things and I can't even like connect it to that feeling because he's not giving it to me. I think that that art, the like whole, like the art of telling someone to come for you is, is very uh, delicate. <laughs> it's very specific, but this man was on it on it and it made the orgasm so much better because it was just so well timed and I was already so close anyways that like hearing that I was like oh my god okay and like listen this could be (laughs) this could be like a lot of things I have a praise kink I like to you know I like the chit chat I like it when you're talking to me I don't like silent sex so you know that's like probably a big reason but like orgasm encouragement actually is something that I don't really experience a lot with a lot of hookups and this was was so hot. It was so hot. I also think too that just like the size of his dick was like the perfect size because there are hookups that I have where they, he has a big dick obviously, but there are hookups that I have where it's just like the exact right size and it just fits perfectly in my body to do all of the things that it needs to do. You know what I mean? And so that was my hookup with that man. It was so fucking good. Okay. But you might be like, Carly, you're on cloud nine, orgasm, encouragement, all of this stuff. You're having a great time. And I was. But then came Derby Man. Okay, so I went to the Santa Anita Derby my second weekend in L.A., And if you don't know this about me, I am very much into derbies and horse racing and horse betting. This might be a left field thing for you, but I grew up going to the derby with my family every single year. So literally from like a child age, I was horse betting. Obviously I couldn't legally do that, but like I would pick them and my family would do the bets and all of that. And it was like a fun thing that eventually turned into a thing that I like really love. And so I was so excited because I am obsessed with the derby. I'm so excited to go. I was having a great time. I was like, you know, winning all of I only lost two out of 10 of the races that I bet on I literally walked away with like over half of the money that I originally had betted like I just I love the derby I was doing well I love horse racing I love horse betting now here's the thing we went as like an in, in an influencer talent suite 
at the Derby. So there was an agency that invited us and all of this. This is actually where I met Lauren Gray. But there was this agency that invited all of us. And they had this whole like, you know, open bar, free food, all of that. And it was influencers, but it was also agency people, other agencies, and then like networking or like businessy, you know, industry people. And so I'm out here living my best life, not stressing, whatever. And uh, I come back to the table where all of our friends were. And this guy pops out out of nowhere. And he's like, are you doing well? Because I just come back from a bet. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, da, da, da. Like, do you bet on races? And he was like, no, I never have. And I was like, oh my God, let me show you. But like, my favorite thing about this is that he pinpointed me out of this group. And so I literally was there. He beelined it over to me, essentially. And uh, he was like, I'm hitting on you. And I fucking love that. That's why I love, love, <laughs> like, flirting with men in the wild. Because it's so much more fun. It's so much more exhilarating. The, like, in-person flirting and having those, like, sparks and all of that is so much more fun than it is, like, on a dating app. And so, you know, we were already flirting. We were already doing all those things. We make our bet. We go, we go to go back to the table, but we just like stand by ourselves and we're cutting it up. We're flirting back and forth, all of this. His confidence is through the fucking roof. And that is like making me like wet. I've actually talked, I talked about this with my LA roommates and something I've realized about myself is that my like hookup type is like super overly confident, loud, extroverted, almost kind of obnoxious because I'm like that. And I think that when they're like that, they're also very similar to me in terms of like hookup vibes. And I love, love, love it. But in terms of dating, in terms of an actual partner, I want the opposite. I want somebody who has silent confidence, who is like chilling, who balances me out. But Derby Man was not that man. Derby Man was like me, but honestly, like a couple notches higher in terms of like fucking like wildness. And I loved every second of it. And so we continued about our day. Like he was talking to other people. I was betting on my horses, hanging out with my friends, doing all those things. And I actually was like at the little betting station in our little suite and I was talking to people and out of the corner I see like something waving and I look up and it's him and he's being like I'm leaving do you want to walk me out and I was like oh my what's going on here and I loved it I love the blatant fucking flirting I'm obsessed with it so we walk out all of this he'd already given me his number and I was like oh my god you're leaving before the last race like what the fuck he's like I have to go and I was like hey so he leaves and you know nothing happens at the derby at all and a couple hours go by I drive us back into the city and I text him one thing leads to another and he comes over that night and so we're watching the ultimatum all my roommates are home uh shout out to my roommates they did not complain once about all of my hookups he comes over watching ultimatum the room the roommates are home xyz everybody goes to bed it's like 11 30 at this point this man comes into my room and uh, this was like a wild hookup because like when I tell you that it was so fucking slow burn normally this never happens to me it was a very chaotic but amazing experience so all the lights are off we're sitting in this bed we have all of our clothes on at first like fully clothed in the bed and we're like kind of talking kind of not really and the episode of the ultimatum we watched was like one where one of the guys was like oh like I sleep naked and she's like so do I and he starts chuckling and I was like what and he's like I was just thinking about that episode and he was like do you sleep naked I was like yeah of course I do but like you know (laughs) I don't know the vibes and he's like yeah so do I so we both take our clothes off and now we're just laying in the bed naked barely like not even touching I shouldn't even say barely not even touching laying on other either sides of this king bed and we literally sit there barely fucking talking mostly just chilling for like 15 20 minutes 
just naked in this bed. There's like the occasional like touch. There's like, you know, we, we chit chat, we do these things, but it's so fucking slow burn. I was like, what is going on? And then, um, this is actually something that I've heard a review from a lot of men that I have recently been seeing about how when I get like a little bit too flirty, all of my yeses and my uh uh-huhs turn from, from just sounding like a yes and a uh uh-huh to very much like a yeah, like, uh uh-huh, like type of thing. And so I think I did that. And then he mocked me and he was like you sound like you're moaning and I was like well it's not like what I it's not like how I actually sound (laughs) and he was like oh what do you sound like and then he like proceeds to like try to imitate it and now we're doing this bullshit he's up in my ear heavy breathing doing all this stuff we're still like basically not touching and I was like okay well you can play that fucking game so now I'm doing that back to him all of this we literally do this for another like 10 minutes and uh, eventually oh also actually we're doing that thing where like you get really close to somebody's face but you don't kiss and like it's very tension building and you're like who's gonna do who's gonna make the first move like your lips brush you're like oh like is this it and then neither person kisses the other person oh my god it was such a fucking slow burn I was so I was low-key annoyed in the moment but the reward was definitely worth it because eventually he kisses me the kiss was very good he kisses me all of this we're fucking naked remember this at this point (laughs) and then we end up having sex and oh my fucking god oh my fucking god dick absolutely massive absolutely massive long and thick just like a fucking like gift from god okay orgasms at least fucking six all penetrative all from sex oh i what i tell you i'm literally having like fucking flashbacks you ever see those tweets that are like you're staring at like the coffee creamer container at starbucks having a sex flashback that's how i literally feel right now because that sex was unfucking believable it was honestly some of the best sex of my life and definitely the best sex i've had all year hands down 110 percent and i think it's too because like he really knew what he was doing he really 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 did and it was so fucking good it was so fucking good stayed over whatever left the next day here's the thing (laughs) after that this man gave me the fucking ick the ick and i'm so disappointed because the sex was hot and i wanted to remember it in this like great hot sex capacity (sighs) unfortunately this man is so fucking work obsessed like and i that's not even really a bad thing but it's like anytime we talk he'd be like you want to do tiktok live do we want to do this we want to like he was constantly like a hustler and i don't think that's wrong because i was probably like that when i was like up and coming in my career but it's just like we met and a non-work event like yes we're all influencers yes we're all industry people but it wasn't a networking event (laughs) It was the fucking derby. We met at a non-working event. We just had sex. (laughs) Like, I obviously did not do this so we could have a fucking meeting. If you wanted to have a meeting, we could have a meeting. But I don't want to, like, post sex, talk about analytics. Like, I just don't. And so they gave me such a fucking ick. Like, he lives in a different city. He didn't even really live in LA. He lived, like, down in, like, the San Diego Oceanside area. All of this. And I was like, ugh, ugh. So we talked a little bit. He still gave me the fucking ick. And it was just, it was just not, not a vibe. But I end up in his city. <laughs> I end up in San Diego, which we will get into because it was also fucking wildin'. I'm at this, I'm at this event, this skincare event. And uh, I end up calling him. I'm like, I'm in your city because I just want to have sex. You know, we stay on the phone for 30 minutes, going back and forth, flirting, doing all this bullshit. We don't even have sex later. We don't even meet up. I never saw him again after that night. And uh, he followed it up with like a, hey, do you have an email for this like company? I was like, bruh, fuck this shit. I deleted his number. It gave me the absolute fucking ache. I was just like, ugh, 
The sex was amazing, but this man specifically was insufferable. Insufferable. And here's another thing. Here's actually the icing on the fucking cake about this situation, about Derby Man, is that he had the same fucking name as Skater Boy, who, if you listen to the podcast religiously, you know all about Skater Boy and all of that and his girlfriend and how he fucking like sent me a therapy and all of that. You know all about Skater Boy. And Derby Man and Skater Boy have the same name, which is actually a very like rare name that I never really hear. So I should have known from the start, it was going to be a hot fucking mess, but the sex was going to be good because that's the only experience that I have with people with that name. And uh, I should have learned my lesson, but instead I didn't. And that was a hot fucking mess. Now on the topic of San Diego, now comes San Diego. This is where Derby Man lives, all that. We already know the tea, but the next day after that, my friend JC comes to San Diego. He lives in LA. Uh, He takes his train out um, and we're ready to like fucking send it. We're ready to get lit. JC um, and I went through hell. in LA. We went out basically every single fucking night. So we were like, yeah, we're doing it in San Diego. And so we're like, where should we go? All of this. JC's like, yo, you know what you should do? Rebrand your Tinder into Thoughty Tinder and ask all these men where the party is tonight. I was like, oh my God, you're totally fucking right. So I rebranded it into just like a thought Tinder. Okay. A thoughty ass Tinder. And, uh, when I tell you, I did not expect the level of horny in San Diego. I did not expect that fucking level of horny. Okay. Because all of the men were wildin, wildin. This man, literally one of them was pitching a threesome to me with no second person lined up and then was sending me screen recordings of porn for examples of how the threesome would go. I was like, (laughs) What the, wait, what is going on? So it was unhelpful. All of this was entirely unhelpful. And we said, fuck it, let's go to downtown San Diego. So we take an Uber to downtown San Diego. We're like, listen, we can just walk down. There's a bunch of clubs down there. It's supposed to be fun. Um, and we'll find one to go to. So we're walking down. There had just been like a Dodgers Padre game. So San Diego's bumping. And uh, we're walking down the main street, which is like Fifth Ave or Fifth Street or whatever in San Diego. And uh, we're walking, we're walking. And I was like, why is that club line giant? And why is that building blacked out? We walk down. It's more of the same. We walk down, more of the same. And we realize the downtown core of San Diego is having power grid issues. And like half of the streets are completely blacked out. And the other half, like the clubs that are on the lucky half of the street have lines like for forever because they're the only things that are open. (laughs) And so we're like, oh my God, what the fuck are we going to do? We're like, okay, so our only option is to wait in a line for probably like two hours to get into a club or um we figure something else out and so we walk back up and we're like okay you know what fuck it let's go hotel bar hop which is actually so much fun because hotel bars are a vibe so we're like okay let's do that we go to like a courtyard marriott order some drinks like my toxic thing i've always told you guys is like i order shots so we're we're taking some shots we're drinking some drinks and uh we're then we go fuck that where else can we go we end up going to pacific beach which is what like one of the actually one helpful Tinder man <laughs> recommends the city to go out in, which is right in between where I was staying, which is in La Jolla and downtown San Diego. So they say Pacific Beach, this is the place like you should go. I was like, all right, we pull up in an Uber. It's also like 12 a.m. at this point that we arrive at this bar. It's 12 a.m. We show up, we stand in the line. I look around. It's giving underage bar. (laughs) 
It is giving underage bar. Like I have never felt so old type of vibe. Now to make matters worse, I'm wearing my new Hoka shoes, which I just talked about them on Instagram. They're like, they're cushioned. They're really good for ankle stability, all of this, because I have like a bunch of problems with my right foot. And I also didn't expect to go like clubbing (laughs) in San Diego. So I only ever brought my sneakers or like heels. And my Dior, my Dior heels specifically, which I would not have been wearing in this bar. But I'm wearing these shoes and one of the kids behind me is like, oh my God, I love your sneakers. Haha. <laughs> like I always try to tell my mom they're cool too. I was like, bitch, <laughs> I am 25. I am not 50 years old. Your mom. Good fucking bye. So we get to this bar and it's giving young. It's giving very much young. And me and JC are like, okay, you know what? Um, it's kind of terrifying to be here. We will not be talking to anyone but ourselves. We will not be engaging in anything with anyone because I have no idea the ages of these people and this is fucking insane. So that's what we do. We drink, we have a good time. We just chill with the two of us. We are dancing, all of this. Um, a man tries to fight one of the security guards. Like this is how I know too, this was such an underage bar. I've not seen a bar fight in a very long time, probably since I was like 20 because Also, too, like in Canada, legal drinking age in my province specifically is 18. So all of this bullshit happens when you're like 18 to 20. That's how I knew we were in an underage bar because who fights a bouncer at 25 years old? So there's this bar fight. This man is like beefing with this bouncer. One of the like bartenders like has to jump over the bar and like also intervene. Also, another reason why I feel like I knew this was like an underage bar situation is that normally when you're an adult and you go to bars, the bar staff is younger or younger looking. Like they're like all like younger looking people because the patrons are older people. Like they're like actual adults. The bar staff here were all adults. Because I think that they fucking knew that all these people were fucking children. <laughs> so there, there's these like 19 year old probably dude getting in this fight with the security guard and the, the other bartender who's massive, by the way. This man was the one of the biggest men I've ever seen in my life, probably. And so that's Wyland. We're like, what the fuck is going on? Shit's getting broken. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen a bar fight in years and years and years. This is embarrassing. Um, and then they start playing like the kick you out of the club music. You know, like when they start playing things and they're like, okay, like go home. Except for, this is how I also really knew. Because now they're playing Party in the USA. No one is singing. They're playing Fergalicious. No one is singing. They're playing Baby by Justin Bieber. Only a handful of people are going ham. I'm like, okay, (laughs) we are old as shit in comparison to all these people here because what the fuck is going on? No one knows these songs. And the bar closes like an hour later. It was honestly one of the wildest nights of my life. I feel like I lived like 18 lives that that night. It was just so much like the whole Tinder thing, the blackout, the going there, the bar fight, the like the song shock, the fucking culture shock of being surrounded by a bunch of like very young people. It was crazy. It was fucking crazy. And uh, JC and and I have decided that we will absolutely be going back on a night where we are show wasted so we can just enjoy the atmosphere without feeling like we're fucking 85 years old. Uh, yeah, and that was that was San Diego. Rounding it out with the life update updates, um, I want to talk about two things, which are grad school and my new plan 
about LA. So first of all, getting into grad school, um, I've talked actually on here a lot about law school and what my like future is going to be like and stuff like that because I, if you don't know this, I have a business degree. My minor is in intellectual property law. I love, love, love intellectual property law, trademarking, copyrights, licensing, all that stuff, entertainment law. Like I am obsessed with it. And it's also very applicable in my industry. And so I have been talking about getting my, my law degree, my JD at UCLA for their media entertainment technology program, all of that. I've been talking about it for forever, but when I was in LA, I was hit with this targeted YouTube ad for the UCLA Master of Legal Studies program. And I was like, I didn't even know they did that. So I'm looking it up, all of this. I ended up sending like an I'm interested type of email. Admissions emails me and they're like, we would love to talk to you. I go on an admissions call. We kind of talk through it. The gist of the program essentially is it's a master's program in legal studies. Don't you know, obviously don't come out a lawyer, but I, I, I kind of have been like thinking lately, like I don't want to be a full-blown attorney. I don't want to litigate. I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to own a practice, but I do love law and I want to learn more about that. And the master's of legal studies is kind of the best option for me. They have like a media and entertainment program, like a specialization where I can take all those classes, learn all those things, do a lot of like great networking X, Y, Z. And I was like, this is so opportune. It's like such a good fit. Like this really seems like something that is great for me. However, the day that I discovered this was like five days before the admission deadline happened. And I was like, sick. So I didn't end up applying because I was like, I needed references. I needed to do all these things. I need to fill out the application. I only had five days. I also went to San Diego during this like application process. And we know how that went. So I didn't end up applying, but the girl from admissions who calls me or who had called me emails me and she goes, Hey, I have the authority to extend the application by one month if you want to apply. I love talking to you. It seems like a vibe. It seems like a good fit. So now I've, uh, I'm going back and forth and I'm now in a very different place with LA than I was last time we did an update. So I've kind of realized LA is very much a place that I love to visit for longer periods of time, but I'm not really sure if I want to uproot my entire life and live there full time. Now I'm currently very torn because if I go to grad school, that is the life I need to live. I need to be there full time to go to grad school full time. That is fine by me. But now I'm very much thinking like, is right now the time for me to go to grad school? If I look at the grand scheme of things, it does work. My lease is up in September in my Edmonton apartment. Like I would start school in September. I could uproot my whole life, but do I want to do that, you know? And I mean, I would only live in LA for a year if I got into grad school. The program is only like a year accelerated, so that would be fine. But on the other hand, I just don't know if that is the move right now. Lately, I guess, and coming home after spending the longer period of time, which was one of the reasons why I went, was to experience it longer than like those couple weeks or like those 14 days that I had, like actually like having the living there experience. I realized that like I kind of lean more towards my allotted 180 days I can stay in LA or in the US as a Canadian type of thing than I do pursuing my visa at the moment. A friend of mine and I uh, are actually looking at signing a lease in September in LA just for six months so we can actually bounce back and forth. And I think that is more so my vibe than uprooting my life completely. I'm actually very happy that one of my other friends is very into this idea because I've realized lately, like, I'm sure you guys know this, but like Los Angeles is a very expensive city to live in. And especially to like, I make currently Canadian currency and not US currency for the most part. And I don't have the same amount of contacts and stuff. We talked about this earlier in the episode. 
episode, but I literally would be one, leaving behind all of those connections. And two, I couldn't afford to have one place in LA and have one place in Edmonton on my own. And so I'm very happy that one of this other friend is interested in doing this because if we split the cost, I can definitely afford that and like be able to keep my Edmonton place, which is where I actually kind of have landed in terms of my new plan with LA. I really love it there. I want to spend time there. It is amazing, but I just don't know if living there full-time, 100% moving straight out the gate is the move for me right now. I think that having this like six months of going back and forth is going to be the most beneficial for me because I have time to slowly build up my connections to meet more people rather than moving there and hoping for the best. And I actually do think this is one of the most wise decisions I have made in terms of LA in uh, the entire like three years that I have been talking about this because most of the time I'm very much just like, I just want to uproot my life and move to LA and just go. But I do love both places. I love being in Edmonton. I love being in Canada, but I also love LA. But I, I've come to a place where I really, you know, I've recognized that I need those connections, those, those reciprocal opportunities in LA to be able to sustain that life. And I can't just like send it and say, fuck it, go through that whole immigration process just to like not be able to sustain myself. And uh, I'm simply, not going to do that. And so the option of going back and forth really is just the most appealing option to me right now, instead of like uprooting my entire life and moving. Because on the flip side, something that I also really dislike is constantly having to do like an Airbnb or a hotel or nothing that is ever really permanent. And that actually causes like a, like a lot of like travel stress for me as well, because I would like to go and like have things there and have the option to like not have to pack my whole life in a suitcase every single time because I can't leave anything behind because I don't like have a place, you know? So that is kind of the vibe that I'm on, splitting my time, having a place out there, having a place out here. Eventually, I'd like to do that on a more permanent uh, type of basis. Maybe I eventually start leasing on my own. I have a more permanent place out there and I have a place here and I am kind of living like my best like Tara Michelle life. If you know who she is, she's a YouTuber. Um, maybe kind of like that, but that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. And I think that kind of takes us to the end of the LA recap. I literally had so much fun in LA. I had a fantastic time. I'm so happy I went. It was such an experience. I mean, obviously it was. I just told you so much about it, but just it as a whole was amazing. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had an amazing time. I cannot wait to go back. And I really, really, really loved it. I had a fucking amazing time. I love LA. Can't wait to see what the next chapter brings. I hope it's like bi Um, But yeah, it was amazing. That is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to screenshot this episode and share it over on Instagram and tag me at Hey Bitches Podcast. I would absolutely love to talk shit in the DMs about today's episode with you guys. Before you go, make sure to subscribe to Hey Bitches wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are an Apple Podcast listener, make sure to give the show a five-star rating and review. It really does help me out and I would really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day. And for now, bye-bye, bitch.